0: Twitter at Corbin NBA. It's a hoop ball presentation. I say it literally every episode, but please yet again, make sure to check out hoop ball, hoop dash ball.com on Twitter at hoop ball tweets. Literally got everything going on. We got the, well, my latest episode breaking down the Larry marken and Larry trade with yours. True. We'll get to him in a second, but we also have a 2021, 2022 draft guide out, which includes shutdowns, rest risks. Say that five times fast percentage killers, half sensations, and so much more. We also got wager passes. If you're trying to make plays on football. Yep. NFL coming up in a couple of weeks, we got stuff for that as well. Just a whole lot of good content there. So again, hoop ball on Twitter at hoop ball, tweets, online hoop dash ball.com today on Ramble Ramble, We are continuing our off season reviews and I am pleased to once again, bring up multiple time guests, like multiple times um, host of the calf central pod uh, 12th man extraordinaire really 14th man extraordinaire you can find him on twitter at justin match 26 his name is justin Matcham. justin how you doing man
1: i'm doing great just glad to be here again uh thank you for having me on It seems like two pods in a row so it's an honor
0: i listen man I, i i love it you know this is what we do we have good times good talks good chats uh we're making up for some uh trade Fridays that we've missed, fun trade Fridays that we've missed, you know, only about eight of them, you know, the rest of the trade season <laughs> is the off season, but you know, that's on me. So I'm trying to make up for it now, getting a little back to back podcast action here. And today, you know, we're talking about your team, you know, the team that you're an expert of the team where you kind of hail from the Cleveland. This is for you after another 20 win season. I'm sort of kidding, but let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. And honestly, I like to start by giving my brief recap of the Cavs and then like letting the actual expert say what they thought the year was for them but honestly if i'm just gonna keep it 100 i um don't really know much about the calves this past either like they made a good deal and got jared allen um in the james harden trade uh they finished 22 and 50 if that's what i do know for sure uh jb Bickerstaff once again at the head of that uh no uh, disrespect to Bickerstaff, i just don't like him um offensively they finished 28th in offensive rating they were 25th in defensive rating, which came up to 28th in that rating. Uh, you know, you had the electric back where Darius Garland and Colin Sexton really love the way Darius Garland played, um, especially just coming from a bounce back year where I thought he felt more of his footing. Uh, what he was third on the team in scoring and literally just by um, a percentage point to uh, Mr. Andre Drummond, who played 25 games. Yeah, he was a member of this team as well. Uh, Kevin Love is still around. Isaac Correll had a decent year. Uh, especially for someone who offensively is limited and shot 29% from three. Larry Nance did Larry Nance things in Larry Nance games, which in this season was 35 games. Uh, And honestly, that's really all I got for you. So I'm going to leave it at that and toss it over to Justin with my first question. What would you look at or how best would you describe the year that was for the 2020, 2021 Cleveland Cavaliers?
1: I think it was fine. I think it was what we expected. (laughs) Okay. yeah. And I think it didn't happen in the way that we expected it to happen, but I don't think that the expectations anywhere were for this team to be, you know, anything above what they ended up as really. Um, so looking at last off season, uh, no real significant moves made outside of the draft. Um, I say no significant moves. Obviously there's some small ones, Damien Dotson, um, you know, so on, so forth, Thon, Maker, whatever you want to talk about. But, um, you know, pretty much rolling the same team in with Isaac Okoro. Um, Isaac Okoro was always looked at as a piece who was going to be, you know, a really, really solid piece that this team was going to build with, not build around. Um, somebody who I was extremely high on at the time of the draft, just as the defensive wing who could kind of just hold everything else together, but he was never going to be a guy who changed the immediate, like, outlook of this franchise, um, at least not again in the first couple of years. So heading into the season, uh, the expectations, I think for me, at least, maybe not for everyone uh, were low uh, and they kind of out of the gates exceeded those expectations, obviously, even without Kevin Love, who they lost in the preseason, Andre Drummond, uh, Colin Sexton, Larry Nance, Darius Garland kind of, you know, carried the team at first. Andre Drummond, especially along with Colin looked like a borderline all-star and mm-hmm. uh, did it in the most frustrating Andre Drummond way possible, but was willing this team to some wins that, you know, carried on for however many games that it did. The Cavaliers had a top defense in the league. Thanks to guys like Larry Nance, who we talked about in the last episode, uh, carrying the defense, getting a bunch of deflections. Um, Andre looking engaged as a paint defender, uh, even guys like Jetty, you know, getting into passing lanes and just creating havoc. Uh, Jenny does not really create havoc on defense, by the way, but again, just the collective defense as a whole, Isaac Okoro doing the same thing. Um, maybe some noticeable strides from a guy like Colin Sexton from, you know, pretty bad the year before to maybe just a little bit underneath average this past year. So overall, you know, things were looking really good. Uh, Dylan Windler was back until he wasn't, uh, Damian Dotson. We always kind of thought he was going to turn it around. Um, and, Never really happened shooting-wise. I think he shot about 27% from three in the season, uh, in a season in which they relied on him heavily because De- Matthew Delavadova also out basically the entire year, uh, came back at the end before playing probably 15 games and then missing the rest of the season. Uh, and that was kind of the story of the season. Obviously, Kevin went down. Um, Darius missed a handful of games. Colin even missed a couple games. Sexton did. Um, the Jared Allen trade happened and that caused Andre Drummond to check out. Uh, The whole Kevin Porter Jr. situation happened because of that Jared Brown trade. Um, Obviously, Tarion Prince taking his locker caused Kevin Porter to blow up, and that caused him to get shipped out. So never saw him with the Cavaliers, um, at least on TV, outside of just the one appearance that he had on the bench. So, yeah, the injuries kind of piled up, and, you know, Andre Drummond checking out kind of led to a – pretty significant collapse, uh, by this team, uh, which was really no fault of their own simply because they had so many players out. Uh, you know, this team had to use a hardship exception last year and none of those people that were out were due to COVID. Uh, it was literally all injuries. Um, I mean, this team was uh, again, running Damian Dotson as their backup point guard for the majority of the season. Uh, we saw lineups, including Larry Nance Jr. at shooting guard, uh, (laughs) Thon Maker at the three, it had to get a little bit wild at times. And obviously, like we said, you know, that combined with a Western conference road trip, which really, I mean, young teams never do well with, you know, especially mid to late season, um, long road trips on the other side of the country against good teams. So yeah, things, definitely fell apart. The 10 game losing streak is the one you can look at. And then kind of another significant one to end the season Um, at a period of time where, again, they pretty much sat a bunch of guys with minor injuries or some significant injuries as well. Um, To where I think at the end of the season, we ended up where we expected, they ended up where we all expected them to be, but there were also some real flashes of hope from, you know, a lot of the young guys. So ended up again, you know, we were at picking third overall, got a little bit lucky there, but we'll take it. Um, And we are where we are now. So it was not a normal season. Uh, There weren't many normal seasons for teams last year. Uh, This team, again, although not really due to COVID was no exception. So again, I think in the end ended up right by about where expected.
0: So would you say they were who you thought they were?
1: Shout out. I mean, no they chance. weren't who I thought they were. Like they actually looked pretty good to start the year and okay. that kind of blew up in our faces and they kind of became more of who we thought they were. Uh, okay. Started. High and and kind of plateaued. Okay. I get that. Which actually would lead to my second question. Did you think
0: looking at this team now that they overachieved this year?
1: I would say at the end of the day, no, uh, I would say they definitely overachieved the first 15 games, but looking at the season as a whole, it's hard to call 22 and 50 overachieving.
0: <laughs> I agree. I just figured, you know, someone who's kind of has the ear to the ground there as a Cavs fan, maybe you thought you're going to go 15, 67. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, <laughs> overachieving, yeah. you know, for a rebuilding team yeah. is always fun. Um, But okay, cool. I get that. I guess with that being said, you know. Out like with at the end field, of the day, uh-huh.
1: overachieving, I was just going to say, overachieving, like, the wheels did, like, absolutely fall off. Injuries, yeah. And, like – into a way where we like, we were playing Anderson Vergeau. So.
0: Hey, that's not a bad <laughs> it's, thing in my opinion,
1: man. I love seeing legends come back. Oh, it was great. But like a team that is taking games even semi-seriously would not ever They'd play Anderson Vergeau meaningful I'm wins. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. You're right. It, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't in the plan. Um, It wasn't in the card. It just kind of happened that way and it was unfortunate especially since like you said at this stage in his career it's not like we're in 2007 we're in 2021 uh good almost 15 years later uh so yeah that that was an experience though i will say that that was certainly an experience but
1: it was an experience
0: uh uh, yes it it was i'll leave it to you to decide whether that means good or bad but um i'm going to move on to the future or what happened not what was but i guess this was what was as well and that's the off season you know the big calves move started on draft night uh Y'all are third. Um, Y'all selected Evan Mobley. How do you feel about Evan Mobley and his fit? First, how'd you feel, of course, you know, like looking at it now, but also, honestly, did you prefer someone else heading up into draft night?
1: I mean, Cade. (laughs) I (laughs) would have been happy with him.
0: I should have said something else.
1: 100%, 100%. I mean, you know, obviously, Cade Cunningham, was mine, and I would say most people's favorite players. You know, heading into the draft, um, I like Jalen Green a lot too. I did have Evan. Mobley. That's my guy. Um, I know he's your guy. I did like watching the two of them. I liked Evan Mobley more, uh, just because of the diversity of skill set, um, and just trusting that Evan Mobley's biggest weakness, which I would say right now is um, his overall strength, uh, and just the need to put on weight to be able to, you know be more impactful against NBA players is something that is really correctable. Um, And even if it does take a little bit of time, which I think it will, uh, I think he will be getting there. uh, And once he does get there, he is going to take a pretty significant leap, but no, I I had absolutely no complaints about the pick, especially not having to choose between Jalen Green and um, Evan Mobley. Uh, The choice seemed pretty clear opportunities to trade down in the draft um, with Toronto, whoever else, um, unless they literally would have thrown just about everything they had, uh, which is probably what the Cavaliers were asking for. I never really saw a deal happening. I thought that they were going to stand pat and they did. Um, I wasn't the hugest Jalen Suggs guy in the world. I have been very impressed with what I've seen from him in summer league. And I think part of at least me not being huge on him was I just wasn't huge on him for the Cavs, uh, just because that fit in particular was fairly poor, um, I was a very, very big Kameka person coming into the draft, and I still am. Okay. Um, I actually, um, on my own personal board, I had a fourth ahead of Suggs. Uh,
0: that, okay, so, I explain mean, that if, reason if, there. I'm sorry. I need, yeah. you, I need you to talk about that real quick. Why'd you have him over Suggs? I, I like Suggs top three, in my opinion, in my own draft board. I'm just curious.
1: I mean, I like Suggs too, and I think he's a very safe pick, and I think he's going to be a very good player. But I don't think that... Suggs necessarily has the ceiling that Kaminga has. I think I am more confident in most people or than most people that uh, Kaminga will reach his ceiling. Um, Just the shot creation from somebody of that size and strength, uh, I think is something that can't be overlooked. I think that's going to be very translatable. Uh, A lot of concerns about his shot. I think his shot is fine. I know that he's not the hyper elite athlete that some have made him out to be. And some have called people out for that. Uh, Obviously, he's not Jalen Green, but he is a very good athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's not in a perfect position in Golden State just because that's a team that's going to be looking to win right now. Um, And he might need some room to fail and some room to grow. Uh, We'll see how much patience Golden State has with him. But um, overall, I just think that you have a chance to get like a true shot-creating wing who can also lock down on the other end. Um, The dude is, you know, already – an NBA ready frame, an NBA ready athlete. Um, like I said, if the shot comes along the way that I expect it to, I think the handle is far enough at this point. Uh, you know, I can't speak to any motor concerns because I don't know him personally. I haven't had a chance to interview him, obviously, um, but everything else I've seen, I feel confident in him being really, really, really good. Okay.
0: I'm with that. I'm with that. Um,
1: but I, I also feel, think I'm, Mobley will be better. <laughs> so I will say, all say that, that I also think Mobley? Mobley will be better.
0: Do you see out of Mo, – between Mobley, um, let's say, and Darius Garland, who's the best guy on that team in four years?
1: In, 14, in four years, I would feel probably pretty safe saying Mobley. Mobley? All um, right. And again, it's it's really just overall impact on the game. Um, You know, Evan Mobley is never going to be the scorer that Jalen Green is. He's never going to be probably the scorer that Kate is. Um, But being able to just do literally everything well uh, is really going to show itself. You hope in four years he'll also be able to shoot the ball well enough to, you know, be a threat from out there. Uh, We've already seen the passing flashes look really, really nice. Um, I think, you know, he already has really, really good footwork on defense guarding down low and really guarding on the perimeter as well. Again, the strength and just the upper body strength can hurt him down, you know, when guarding the post, uh, watching summer league against Alpern know Alpern was able to get, draw some fouls on him and, and back him down a little bit. But overall, Evan Mobley is the guy who you look at in four years um, and say, you know, maybe he's in the conversation for best player in the draft class. Not saying that he will be, just saying that, you know, there's a much higher possibility that you look at him as that four years from now Rather than maybe this season, just because he does have a little bit more growing to do as far as a player, as far as physically.
0: I like that. I mean, that makes sense. I personally would probably lean Garland um, as well, but I I do understand there. Um, I guess interesting. What makes
1: you lean Garland?
0: I love Garland's ability. I I love his playmaking, but I really think his shot making came around this past year from what I from what I did see. And I'm not. I'm going to say I was like watch like you know forty you know Cavs games or even twenty for that matter, but. From what I did see, like, I think that him being able to, like, control the offense and come into a guy that can easily, you know, I think he could be, a, and this might be a little bit of a stretch, but like a 23-9 and nine
1: guy. I think if he were to reach this, you know, if he were to pan out in the way that obviously the Caps front office hopes that he does, uh, that might be a high-end outcome for him. But I think it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility for Darius to reach that level.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I really, really, I really enjoy, I really like that. Like I really, I really am impressed with his, um, uh, shot making ability and the fact that I, I feel he can kind of grow in that role. And maybe once they figure out the backcourt between him and Colin Saxon, since we see it's not going to be a Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum like thing, like more than likely, we'll get to that in a minute. I want to jump the gun here, but like I'm just really high on him. I maybe I'm, maybe I'm more lower on Mobley than anything else. And I think that's also a factor as well. I see what people talk about Mobley. I could just also see it not working out and then him being like a Marquise Chris Light.
1: I don't know about Marquise Chris. I just was throwing. Out I know you like your buff getters. Nevin Mobley isn't exactly that.
0: No, no, I was just throwing a random big man drafted high. Uh, I, mean, I don't even know their games like that. You know, I remember Marquise Chris's game out of college to even make that like an actual analysis. I was just kind of throwing it out there, but yeah, exactly. He's going to be someone that's more like a cerebral type. Like I feel like a connector type player. Maybe he'd be like a master connector type player, and I mean that there's value in that for sure. I'm just not super on him, and, and I'm just higher on Garland
1: for that. I think it'll be more of that in the first couple of years, but I think again, by the time he kind of runs out the skill set and again, things that are very correctable, which are, you know, just adding weight um, in the form of, you know, muscle and fine tuning the shot, which I don't think is that far away. I do think he's going to be really, really good.
0: Okay. That's fair. That's fair. All right. I guess that leads me to my next thing to ask you, which is looking at the draft or looking past the draft. Um, The moves that Cleveland ended up making, um, just the whole between free agency trades, we're kind of going to go into all of the nitty gritty here. But um, I probably know you probably have your whole transaction uh, write up available. But like looking at the moves that Cleveland made, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, they added Ricky Rubio for Minnesota. Um, uh, the Minnesota. They lost and Prince in the trade of Minnesota. They lost Matthew Del Uh He signed with Melbourne United. Um, and then they traded a 2022 second round pick to Minnesota. So not a whole lot, to be completely honest with you. Uh extending Jared Allen. But well, well, you forgot five years Chandler
1: Vaudrin signing as an undrafted free agency. Oh right my god.
0: <laughs> Darn it! I didn't so <laughs> I hate I love having you on, I hate having you on. I didn't even register, it. not even in my notes. <laughs> not even not even thought of in my notes. But uh say it one more
1: time for the listeners who oh Chandler Vaudrin. Chandler he okay. signed with the Cavaliers right after the draft. I uh, actually tore his ACL during summer league, which kind of sucked. I actually really liked him as a player. Um, Oh, man. Hope he can bounce back from that. I think he might actually have an NBA future at some point uh, if he, you know, doesn't if he isn't too affected by this. But um, yeah, shout out to Chandler Rodham.
0: Yeah. uh, Justin basically just said he's a player to watch in three years. Like I said, Evan Mobley versus Darius Gordon. It it might be him.
1: (laughs) I'm with you on that. Might be him. We never know you know we never we 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 never can tell can we
0: no no that is very very true um with that being said though of the moves that you know the more or less uh, notable moves what did you think um about what the Cavs did and how they what they achieved this off
1: season thought the rubio trade was good yeah that's um, the big one obviously like the cavaliers are in the news right now for having too many big men and too many power forwards Well, we're getting to that it, And we'll get to that, but trading Tarian Prince for Ricky Rubio was kind of a step towards fixing that problem uh, because Tarian was, again, just another person in that kind of crowded forward rotation. They had no clear answer um, at the backup guard position, point guard in particular, uh, with Matthew Delvadova obviously signing, um, like you said, with Melbourne. Uh, I don't think that he – the Cavaliers never really wanted him to be the answer anyway. Uh, Damian Dotson, I think, is clearly not that answer, and it is TBD whether he will make the roster or not. Um, I would honestly be surprised if he did. Uh, So, going out and getting Rubio, who's on an expiring contract right now, um, and again, team needs looking at him. Um, Defense from the guard position is something that was important for this team. They got that in Rubio. So, overall, uh, the value of the deal, only giving up a second, and Tarion, who, you know, did help this team as a shooter, but it was kind of unclear how much he was going to play, just because we did have so many guys at that spot. Um, I really, really like the move a lot.
0: Okay, I was gonna say, do you regret moving Tari in only because now, uh, and we get to a minute too. Don't jump the gun, but like having a, a starting level three.
1: No, I think Isaac is a fine starting level three right now. Yeah, he's the guy that's again, forward. especially especially on a team that is is not looking to compete like in any serious sort of way, I wouldn't expect this season. Like Isaac Okoro was a financer there right now. And I only think he'll get better moving forward as well. So by the time this team is ready to compete, I think he'll be more ready than he is now. So as far as a starting three, no, I, I'm more than okay. I'm, I'm more than okay with a coral for the time being.
0: Okay. just being able to step into the wing, literally step into step up in position there. Okay, I'm with you on that. I mean, I was just curious because we're gonna get to the small forward rotation a bit, but I feel like you like sealed one hole but like opened up another. You know, and I'm not trying to talk a prince as like there's some um, big panacea, which he most certainly is not. But just in terms of the team need, but I he was a shot. shooter.
1: Um, yeah. and he did give a little bit of versatility as far as being able to play both the four and the three. But, again, I think the Cavaliers had guys like that, um, especially at the time of the trade. Larry Nance was kind of similar in that. Obviously didn't spend a ton of time at the three, but was able to when he needed to. Uh, I think Dean Wade is kind of an under-the-radar guy who can do the same. Oh, um, here and we go really again. Unclu- no, I'm not even joking. I'm seriously, like, not even joking. But, no, I know. Um, like, Dean Wade is probably, like – I, I feel comfortable saying that Dean Wade is, like, a legitimate NBA rotation player who may not get minutes on this team day one, of the season, just because again, they have so many guys right there. Um, But in a normal situation, I would say being worthy of minutes, um, certainly at the four and in a pinch, even at the three if needed.
0: Okay. Wow. And and how was his play last year?
1: Um, Solid, you know, for a guy, a a second year undrafted player, it's not like he lit the world on fire, but I think again, definitely established himself as an NBA player. Um, You know, known more as a stretch four coming out of college Shot 36%, 36% from three on decent volume uh, was a little bit inconsistent at times, definitely streaky. But uh, again, you know, as a second year player um, just showing the confidence in taking those shots, I thought was good. Um, and we did see the kind of the hot streaks that he had as well. Um, and other than that uh, really, really mobile defender uh, for his size, which again, foot speed, and he had dealt with some foot issues in college that were kind of a concern coming into the NBA uh, has not had any issues with that since, um, at least, not that we know of. It, you know, was pretty available throughout the year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, really, really good at moving his feet, staying in front of the guys. Um, you know, out on the perimeter. That I think that's kind of what allows him to play up a position when he needs to. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I'm serious when I say that I really, truly do think that Dean Wade is like deserving, even if he doesn't get it right away, like of a rotation spot on this team.
0: Okay, so we can see you can see him step into that by like let's say if not early mid mid season.
1: Uh you know, it depends on happens with depends on what happens with the roster. And speaking um, um, again, we'll we'll talk about Kevin Love later, but uh, um, yeah. I was about to say
0: let's 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 finish because we already talked about Dean Wade, we're talking about a little bit of Isaac, let's just kinda go not out of order. These are questions we're gonna talk about, but let's talk about the small forward rotation first, then we'll kinda go to Kevin Love. Um what would your small forward rotation be? I already see apparently that, you know, you're having Isaac Cole starting and that you'd like Wade to weigh in there as well. Um, How would you have that in terms of soaking up, you know, 48 minutes at the three?
1: Uh, I think again, Isaac is going to be the guy who takes the largest chunk of those minutes. Uh, I I don't expect uh, Dean Wade to play too many of them. Again, I think it's going to be something that's more so used in a pinch. Uh, Not sure how much we'll see it, if at all, uh, to start the season. I think Lamar Stevens is kind of in the same boat as a guy who is like maybe deserving of, you know, getting some, you know, inconsistent minutes uh, in the rotation um, early on and who I thought had a really strong showing at summer league, had a really strong finish to last season. Uh, another guy who I, I really feel confident in saying um, looks like he really might be an NBA player, which getting two of those guys two years in a row, I mean, you know, hats off to that front office for doing that. But again, um, both of them being, I would say primarily fours uh, does hurt their cases here, yep. um, but both of them, you know, could be tested out at that spot. I think Jetty Osmond will be the primary backup at least day one um, because he has been here. Um, again, I think the small forward is more so his natural position. Um, there have been good moments along with the bad moments, but you know, there are some good with him. So I think you, you have to at least try it uh, see where he's at um if he's hitting you know he's fine if he's not it's pretty bad sometimes but i definitely do think he's going to be the first to get a shot at the backup forward spot at least the backup small forward spot um and i expect dylan windler to get an opportunity early as well obviously you know dealt with a ton his rookie season different injuries um you know lower body injuries he dealt with a broken wrist and an awkward fall um you know i i talk a lot about rhythm with guys and just never being able to establish it with him is again, something that I think really hurt him, Um, you know, being a shooter and just, you know, missing his entire rookie season, using all of that time to rehab from injury, you know, finally getting back and getting healthy and then breaking your wrist and then having to get back from that and dealing with more injuries, you know, later in the season Um, there are some concerns as to whether he will be able to stay healthy. Obviously he missed the summer league as well um with injury concerns so we're just gonna have to see one we'll have to see if he's healthy um and two i think the time is running out for him um just because again the inconsistency that we saw with him shooting the ball last year uh he was relied on pretty heavily early on to be a shooter and outside of i would say one stretch all season he really kind of disappointed during that um or disappointed in that role at least um and he does. He has shown the ability to do other things well. He's really good. He's a really good rebounder for his position. Um, smart positional defender. Knows where to be. You know all that fun stuff. But overall, I, I do think that he will get an opportunity early. Um, but if he fails to take advantage of that, I can see the minutes start to slip away fairly quick.
0: Okay, so it's not a lock for him at all. Not at all. Okay, I'm with you on that. All right, cool, cool, cool. I guess moving from that to Kind of the big, the big, the big guy. The news that was out today, um, the one who's unlikely to engage in a buyout, despite basically having almost no promise of minutes or time. Um, the big Albatross is a nickname I've never heard used, but I would use. We're going to talk about Kevin Love here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Kevin Love? Where he's at? You know, in in um, in in Cleveland, as far as like role moving forward. Why he? turned down, or or at least is saying that he's not going to engage in a buyout. I mean, obviously it's money, but you would think that there's what what other avenue does he have to pursue? Because he's not going to get a whole lot of playing time. They've already made that pretty much clear to all but him, apparently. And he's not going to get traded with that contract. Like the Larry Nance trade, I thought, um, where Portland acquired Kevin Love was the one team that I thought would be the guy of Love's talents um, that would engage in a trade, and you see who they end up targeting. So just give me the lowdown on Kevin Love, where you see him in Cleveland, where you see his future is, you know, thoughts on his rec- that recent news about him not wanting to engage in that. Um, I-, I want all the love on Kevin Love. I, well, I don't think mind. Kevin
1: Love to Portland was ever really realistic at all. Um, no, no trade or no was... trade
0: package. We did so many fun trades I mean, on this,
1: bro. Tell me the tell me the trade package. Tell me what salary you're gonna send back if you're Portland to make this even like semi-worthwhile. Like if give, not like give me five minutes on spot track and I'll find something. No, like I mean, seriously, you're yeah. looking at Robert Cummington, Yusuf Nurkic, um, Derek Jones Jr. is like your guys who they go the to, yeah. Net salary. You said it. um why would you give up any of those guys for Kevin Love? Uh, all three of those are expiring contracts. Um I would say two of the three of them are better players than Kevin Love. Um, and all three of them, even Nurkic, have shown a better ability to stay healthy than Kevin Love. So I really don't think, I mean, CJ was the other avenue to go. That would be an absolute disaster if you're Portland uh, trying to compete with uh, Damian Lillard. But no, I, I never really saw uh, a, you know any any glimmer of hope that Kevin Love is going to get traded from this team. Uh, Pretty much, I think, died with Team USA when he showed he wasn't even healthy for that. Uh, Still basically dealing with the same issue that he suffered in the preseason last year, which was that calf issue, which he was projected to be back from in January of last season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remember, again, that the preseason last year took place in December, late December, mid to late December. So projected to be originally back in January. Then it was pushed to February. Then it was pushed like to way later in February. And then he came back and then he went out again because he wasn't feeling right. And then he came back again and really looked like not himself at all. And then went out again to end the season. And then is apparently getting healthy over the off season, uh, looks like he's going to be playing with team USA, gets the team USA in Las Vegas, looks terrible. There doesn't look like he's healthy drops out. Cause he says he's not healthy. So How is anyone supposed to know where Kevin Love is at right now? I don't know if Kevin Love knows where Kevin Love is at right now health-wise because he thought he was healthy heading into Team USA, and he wasn't. Yep. So it's hard to say. Um, Mm -hmm. Looking at buyout talk, uh, Kevin Love basically has uh, two years, $60 million left um, on his current contract. Uh, We did see reports in the past couple days from Terry Pluto that um, buyout talks were expected to heat up. I'll just say this now. Terry Pluto um, seems like a nice enough guy. Has written some interesting books that I would like to read. Forty-eight um, minutes,
0: I highly recommend.
1: Good storyteller, you know, a lot of good things. Um, but his inside information uh, that he has shared over the past couple of years has always been—I will put it nicely—as interesting. Um, expound, expound nicely that. as like less nicely as not always that accurate. And I think we saw pretty much right away afterwards, I believe it was either Woj or someone else say that, no, Kevin Love is not really that interested in a buyout. And I don't blame him at all. Um, Here's kind of how I expect the whole Kevin Love thing to play out. Um, Obviously we do know, and it has been reported that the Cavaliers front office have been working with Kevin Love himself um, on a plan for next season that will reduce his role. Um, reduce his minute load um, because again they have to find something else that will work for him because playing starters level minutes is only going to lead to failure for him mm-hmm. so you know th- the plan right now is to reduce his role and I, he is aware of that um, how much will his role be reduced i think we'll have to see i think the sign and trade of line marketing kind of shows us how much that role is being planned on being reduced um, because that adds a third power forward or rather if you, I guess I won't include, you know, Kevin Love, but looking at, you know, now Laurie Markin and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen at that spot who, or at least those two spots who all um, will be getting significant minutes. So I think with Kevin um, and this is just kind of gut feeling on my end, but it seems like it could make sense and it kind of make it's kind of along the Blake Griffin path of if Kevin Love is healthy heading into the season um, and if he's healthy, say 15 games into the season, and he's in a role that maybe he doesn't really want to be in because he is being shoved behind Evan Mobley and Larry Markkinen. Um, Maybe they are trying to get a guy like Dean Wade more minutes and that's eating out of Kevin Love's time on the floor. Um, Obviously Jared Allen is going to get his minute share as well. That's when maybe a buyout, becomes more of a reality and Kevin love is more willing to talk about it. Okay. But here's the other side of that coin Corbin. If Kevin love is not healthy next year and he gets into the training camp and looks like he did at team USA. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would he give back any money from two years of 60 million, two years and $60 million. Why would you get bought out if you're not even going to be able to play somewhere else?
0: You know what? You're right. I mean, it doesn't make any sense.
1: So, why talk about it now? Why be willing to give up money if you don't even know if you're going to be able to play yet?
0: Yeah, that's just throwing away money for no reason with the future not promised.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that Now, that if so Kevin Love looks like he's going to be like actually able to play next season, say so he can actually help out the Lakers, then maybe he's more willing to discuss it. But as things are right now, um, the Cavaliers would want him to give up actual money and there is really no reason for Kevin Love to do so.
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm going to have to agree with you there. So
1: do you think that he ends the year with the Cavs? If he is healthy, I do not. If he's not healthy, I think he does.
0: So if he's healthy, he, he's gone. And if he isn't, yes. he's, we're,
1: he's a then the Cav. Cavaliers are out of options and have no choice other than just to waive him and eat the dead salary, Or keeping or his large expiring. Yeah, because yeah. at that point, he'll
0: be an expiring deal. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, listen, it might be crazy after all this, like, talk. It ends up being, like, a much do it about nothing because he serves his entire contract out with the Caps and playing, like, 30% of it. Yeah,
1: it'd be it'd be disappointing. But
0: oh, 100%. But, I mean, like that's, that's like, his whole, yeah,
1: uh-huh. I was just going to say that there's, there's no reason. And, you know, Kevin love buyout talks just never seem to go away at this point. Now that the trades have kind of fizzled out, but again, there's no reason to buy out and give back money. If you're not going to be able to go somewhere else. So as, as wild as it may seem that, you know, he's going to finish out this contract um, if he never gets healthy um, and he doesn't retire, there is no reason to believe that he won't finish this contract in Cleveland.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. I get that. Uh, what would you, how would you label Love's career post-LeBron in Cleveland, just in
1: its totality? Um, And I don't mean this in a mean way towards Kevin at all, but a disaster from both parties. Um, Obviously from the Cavs' part, they gave him a big extension for him to not play. And for Kevin's part, um, almost immediately got hurt. Uh, that sucks for him. You know, that's yeah. not the way he envisioned this going. It's not the way anybody envisioned this going. Uh, he was kind of supposed to be able to lead this team post LeBron. Um, and I think he would have been able to, had he not dealt with all these injuries. I'm not saying that he would be, you know, Minnesota Kevin Love again, but he could have served as that veteran who just kind of guided the young guys along, maybe kept the Cavs a little bit better than they were. Um Dealt with foot injuries, dealt with back injuries, now is dealing with calf injuries, and it's all just kind of piled up uh, in a way that, you know, nobody could have really seen coming, I don't think. So not to say that, you know, not to justify them giving him that contract at the time because it was clearly an overpay and it was clearly an overpay from the moment they did it, but nobody expected it to be this bad.
0: No, no. I mean, and and what was the thought in mind going in? I didn't think it was a good idea when it happened. Like, I didn't feel he was that guy. I mean, we saw the best. Yeah. And so the contract itself already looked bad. The minute the ink was dry, I felt, and now I just feel it's only gotten worse. But you would lean it more on the Cavs' fault for offering it or Kevin Love just – I mean, I guess can't put on Kevin Love for being injured, but just in general.
1: Well, it it, it clearly was the Cavaliers' fault for offering it. They never should have. Um, But, again, at least you can see, like, what the idea was behind offering that even if it wasn't going to be worth it um you can see like the value that he was supposed to bring and he just never even had the opportunity because he was always hurt
0: yeah that's yeah that's that's that makes a lot of sense it's just unfortunate all around um i don't know kevin love's career i think we looked at interestingly i mean you saw what he did in minnesota you know kind of the big fish small pond putting up really good numbers on like really rough teams cleveland being a valuable part of a championship team and the championship contending team for those other years. And then the second act in Cleveland, we just kind of been a piece of whatever they've been doing, but uh, enough, enough sadness with Kevin love. Uh, let's go to another person who have questions about, and that's Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton had a great year last year. Um, I think he's improved. You can look at pretty much every year. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's so much drama perceived or maybe realized. I'm not sure about him not passing the ball. Teammates not liking him. Extension's not being signed. Like, what is the deal with Colin Sexton? What's your personal take on 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 what's going on with him there and what should be
1: going on? Well, I think the stuff about his teammates not liking to play with him is a little overblown. Uh, I believe that Thank Brandon I'm glad- uh-huh. and, like, maybe a couple other vets from his rookie year maybe didn't like playing with him because he was so incredibly raw and maybe he is a little bit stubborn as a person, but I don't think there have been any issues to come out of that locker room since. Um, So everybody likes to bring up the fact that, you know, there were reports out there of his teammates, not loving him. Um, I I think that I I don't think that any of that, again, obviously I'm not in the locker room, but I don't know if any of that exists anymore. Um, I'm sorry, what, what were the other questions that you asked? Oh, that? Just kind oh of no, no, just, that one.
0: You know, honestly, no, just your whole thoughts on the context in, in general, like, not only like the drama around him or whatever drama perceived or not, but like, whether, you know, he is going to be on the move, what do you think kind of from the pulse from where you are, if he is going to stick around like like he's such an interesting piece, and I don't want to label him part of this core because I've heard just mm-hmm. so many questions and stuff about him moving on, being traded, and whatnot. That I don't know what to make of it, and so I'm looking at someone who's a lot more plugged in on Cleveland. Said, asking, "What do you make of him? It the whole situation?"
1: Yeah, right now I expect him to stay. Um, I expect them okay. again to start the season at least with this team. Uh, you know, I think I I think it's more likely that it gets dealt to the deadline than right now but I don't think that either are likely um, we'll see if an extension happens this off season. I think after labor day, um, according to Chris Fedor is when those extension negotiations are expected to kind of heat up again, the two sides are going to get together and talk more about that. So looking at that as kind of the time period of maybe when we'll get more information on extension talks. Um, but one thing I think is clear with that, and that is that he's not going to get a max from the Cavs this off season. Um, obviously the trade rumors have been kind of swirling all over the place with him, um, for depending on who you talk to different reasons. Um, some being because the, you know, the Cavaliers don't believe in, you know, the long-term pairing because they don't want to give him the max contract, whatever. Um, but at this point, it kind of seems clear to me that a big, motivating factor, if not the primary motivating factor um, behind all the trade rumors that we saw and that we heard um, really were just to gauge his value um, around the league as a player. And I think from the Cavaliers standpoint, uh, we saw offers of Obi Toppin and Kevin Knox. Um, That's a fair deal. Middling
0: <laughs>
1: And middling draft picks. Um, I was going to offer what is that?
0: I was going to offer Alex Caruso straight up personally.
1: Oh, well, I don't know why they didn't take that. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, I think obviously we saw that those offers were out there. Um, I think anyone who suggested the Cavaliers were even considering accepting offers like that. Um, I don't think that they were ever going to. <laughs> I think it's kind of silly to recommend or suggest that they were. Um, I do think that the primary motive behind looking around at the trade market with him was to gauge his value around the league and use that as a negotiating factor with him in extension talks. Um, Colin was somebody coming off a really good year, uh, scoring the ball and high volume efficiently. Um, who looked at guys and off of basic counting stats thought maybe he should be a max player and that he should get a max extension this offseason. Um, The Cavaliers kind of looked around the league to see what other people thought um, and now can present him with packages saying, Hey, like clearly the league doesn't view you as that type of guy. Um, And if you think that you can play this out to next year and restricted free agency um, based off of the info that we have right now, you're not going to get a max extension. So that's kind of what I always saw. Um, And I don't know if I saw it that way at the time, but I definitely do now. Mm-hmm. Um, those trade rumors being about, um, just kind of uses a negotiation tool by the Cavs. Um, and obviously, you know, for the right deal, Sexton could be moved for the right package of players and assets, and whatever. Oh, of course. Um, Colin mean, Sexton is not 100% untouchable, mm-hmm. but I do think that that was a big factor behind all of the trade talks that we saw was just kind of showing Colin, um, in his camp, who's going to be dealing with the extension negotiations. that right now you're not worth a max contract in the league size. Um, And, you know, he could play out the season and he could have a great year, and maybe he is then. But as of right now, not that guy. Um, So it will be really, really interesting to see if extension negotiations do really kind of heat up in a major way this offseason. I think uh – I was just going to say, I think Terry Rozier getting the extension he got uh, kind of will serve as a baseline for what Colin expects to get. Mm -hmm. I do think that'll be higher than that. Um, But I could see that kind of being the starting point of negotiation. And just talking about Colin Sexton as a player too, like the Cavaliers are going to need him on offense this year. Um, Obviously getting Larry Markkinen helps their offense, but he is still going to be the main guy um, that they lean on to score the ball. So, not like Colin is just like somebody who they can afford to throw away right now if they want to have any real chance of being a respectable basketball team. Well,
0: that's Cleveland for you, so who knows about that one? But no, I'm with you. I think that Colin Sexton, he has a lot of talent. I personally wish that they would kind of build around that core of him and Darius Garland. Um, well, not even a core, but build around that backcourt, rather. And then you have, you could essentially have a starting five between, if you look at it, you already have Jared Allen extended long-term. You have Isaac Okoro. You just got Evan Mobley. If you really believe in Sexton and Garland, whether that's starting or Sexton coming off the bench or I don't know how you feel about Garland or anything, you kind of have like four to five players that could somewhat be the foundation of of the next like decent Cleveland team. Wouldn't you agree?
1: I agree completely. And looking at how you build around two small offensive first guards, um, getting Isaac Okoro, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen is kind of the best way to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. defensive minded wings and bigs uh, that maybe can also offer some secondary playmaking. Um, Obviously the offenses for all three of those guys are still coming along and we'll see how far they get. But, you know, we we look at Portland as again, you know, the Dame CJ example of small backcourts can only take you so far. Well, I mean, we did just see them go out and get Larry Nansen. We just talked about that last night, but look at the surrounding, you know, support that they've gotten defensively for Damon CJ. Hasn't been great. No. Um, I think Cleveland has already done a better job building um, a, at least infrastructure of like solid defensive pieces that this team can lean on more heavily moving forward. Um, and they're not named Al and Moe Harkless. So.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately they're not. No. And, and you're right. I guess, would you consider Portland a, a I wouldn't. In fact, I don't even know if there's a good question to ask, but it came up to mind, so We're going to finish it. What would you consider? Sure. That's a better way of rephrasing it. What would you consider a good team for Cleveland to kind of model themselves after given their roster construction and a team
1: that's rebuilding? It's weird. I don't know if there is an exact, you know, example because Cleveland is a team that kind of has to build in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've seen, you know, they maybe have to overpay for free agents that they like, or, you know, they just kind of have to put their head down and build through the draft and, you know, look at trades as viable options. Um, I guess maybe you can look kind of at the Hawks as a team who just, you know, built up through the draft for a couple of years and then added a couple free, a couple key free agents and then kind of took off from there. Obviously, yeah. those guys being bogged on Daniel Gallinari. I think especially before the offseason season started, that was kind of a realistic path. For them to follow, and it kind of looked like maybe they were doing that with the Rubio um, trade, but at this point, kind of going in an opposite direction of, you know, going out and getting Larry Market in a move that I think makes them worse in the short term, even if it does address a need. And they did get younger, and maybe the ceiling is higher moving forward. But you know, I mean, this team is kind of still in asset stockpile mode, um, yeah. But not while well bottoming out. They're in a weird spot, um, and I don't know if it's comparable to any other team. Not saying that it can't work because again, you do have a lot of promising young pieces. Again, everyone that wants to call this team a dumpster fire, like you do, still have Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and Evan Mobley. Um, yeah, that's and not Isaac Okoro and Jared Allen as like other solid young pieces. And call it an overpay if you want. Like Larry Markkinen is another intriguing young guy that they have. Um, and guess what? If this team sucks this year, they're gonna get another lottery pick. Maybe it's high. Maybe it's another really, really good player. And all of a sudden, you're looking at something that is really interesting. I think it's already pretty interesting, but it gets more interesting if they're bad this year and you pick up another one of those guys. So I don't really know if there's a good way to compare it to anybody. And I don't even know if Cleveland is in the same mindset now that they were heading into the offseason just because so many teams are going for it in the East right now. Um, It seems like at the time of the Ricky Rubio trade, um and heading into free agency, see it was okay get ricky rubio that's a guy who can help us win now we'll sign someone with our mid-level that'll also be kind of a complimentary piece mm. um and we'll go forward and try to be the best team we can next year well you know everybody did that <laughs> and everybody kind of got better um and the Cavs weren't able to use their mid-level, which really isn't on the Cavaliers. It's they tried. They did the they best. They tried to go after Alec Burks. They tried to go after Doug McDermott, Josh uh-huh. Hart, Reggie Bullock. All those guys would have been nice, but it didn't happen. Um, and I think that's kind of out of their control. So looking at it, I think they realized that and said, okay, maybe we take the step back here. And I'm not trying to say that the market Marketing move was a great move because it wasn't. Yeah. Um I don't think it was. It was definitely a risk. Um, It could pay off. I'm not going to say it couldn't. I'm also not going to say that it will because I don't really know right now, but it's hard to look at this team and compare it to anything else Mm -hmm. um, just because we don't see teams operate this way very often as to where like they kind of pump the brakes. I'm saying like, we need to, you know, get better and be good, as, as good as possible next season and say, eh, maybe we should try to take a backseat a little bit um, and just kind of focus again more on development than on winning games because being realistic, how many games is this team really going to win in the East next year, even yeah. if they do still have Larry Nance?
0: I mean, I don't know what the over-unders officially are, but I'm putting, what, 25?
1: I think the official one is like twenty six. Okay, so half I'm taking, so have, taking so the under. Right about there. Like, I think it's fair to take the under. Um, I might take it as well. So, yeah. yeah.
0: That's interesting I look. No, I'm with you on that. I just, I appreciate the nuance there because it is, you know, you have to have a kind of, ho- not a holistic view in terms of um looking at the situation from, oh, just this. Well, I basically just said, like, looking at it from, like, a nuanced view. That's basically what I mean. Like, it's not just black and white one way. At the same time, like, let's be realistic about where the Cavs are moving forward. And I guess kind of piggybacking off the Colin Sexton question conundrum that I asked, uh, with Sexton and Garland, and I guess we kind of have somewhat of an answer here because we just talked about how good this team is going to be, but – where would you rank the Cavs backcourt in just the Eastern conference? Because like, they're intriguing. I don't think they're great. And if you look offhand, you know, I mean like, okay, let's say just the creme de la creme is Brooklyn in the East. Um, but like the worst backcourt, uh, hmm, that's a good question. In the Eastern conference. I'm trying to think right now. Um, off topic. Off well, let's, the top go of them. let's go right, through. Let's go through. We'll
1: just, we'll go through the Eastern conference and we'll say whether this team's backcourt is better or worse. Let's do it. So the Atlanta Hawks, um, Trey Young, and, Young and Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think they, that as of right now, they're a worse backcourt. Like oh, the Cavs, the, sorry, the Cavs worse are backcourt. worse. I agree. Yes, yes. Um, the Brooklyn Nets pass. Um, the Boston Celtics. <laughs> um, ooh, Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart.
0: <laughs> I. You know what's funny? <laughs> um,
1: That's interesting. I would interesting venture one. to say, like again, like those are two win now vets. Um, and, again, I think if you look at the value of the players, the Cavaliers are probably greater. Um, it depends on how you view Dennis Schroeder. And is Dennis Schroeder even going to start? Um, yeah. I, I mean, if exactly he doesn't, who are, answer, you, but who are
0: you? Yeah. What, Peyton Pritchard?
1: Josh Richardson? Peyton Ugh, Pritchard? Yeah. And, you know,
0: Aaron Niesmith. You're right. Because, yeah, you would, have, you would so, probably more than likely slide um, – um, Smart to the one and then play one of those guys as the two. That's, don't like it. That's kind
1: of funky. So, you know, with another year of growth, let's just say it's the Cavs there. So All maybe, right. maybe they have Boston beat. Uh, the Hornets, LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier. Uh, no, you know, come on. Are you asking me about Terry Rozier? I
0: Easily, Charlotte's better. I,
1: I, I, I think Charlotte is probably better there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Chicago Bulls, pass. Yep. Um, same
0: thing. <laughs> don't get away with that. Uh, Orlando.
1: Did, well, I was going to go to Detroit. Oh, let's do Detroit um,
0: first. Ooh, I was just going in alphabetical
1: order. I like um, it. Let's do
0: that. Let's do that because I'm just kind of going off. Killian
1: off Hayes and is Cade or two? I would want Cade as my um, three, personally. It depends but, on, you know, what I mean, if they're starting Cade, Sadiq, and Jeremy, you know, I guess you can count Cade as your shooting guard there.
0: Yeah, because um, you have a Saban Lee, what? Frank Jackson, Hama, Jubialu, yeah, no, he's probably your two, come to think of it.
1: Rodney Magruder, you know. Yeah,
0: no, nah, he's probably your two.
1: So, maybe, I yeah. think, you know, both of those guys are clearly ahead of Kalian. Uh, neither of them are ahead of Cade. No. So, I'll let you make that decision there. Um, the Pacers, not better than Brogdon Lavert right now.
0: No. No, they're not. Maybe in a year or two um, time, but not right now.
1: The Heat, is their starting lineup, Lowry, Duncan? I mean, Butler, just, yeah,
0: just having Lowry in there kind of gives you a massive leg up, right? Um, yes. <laughs> and then whoever they put next to them is just gravy at this point. And honestly, the Heat are best equipped. I mean, whatever they, whoever they put up there is a, a solid option. Maybe you could take individually, Sexton or garland over their back up whoever is alongside Lowry. But Lowry alone is – you got to say Heat. You got to say Heat.
1: I think you also have to say Bucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, Drew, and we'll just say DiVincenzo. Yeah,
0: that's still um, solid. And again,
1: like, this is just based off the information we have and, like, not assuming any growth. Like, obviously, either Darius or Colin, I'll just say this now, could take a big leap next year. Colin could be an all star. I don't know. It could happen. Like, I'm not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. He wasn't that far off this past season. And it's so, like, and it's the East, and weird things happen in the East. So, you know, not saying that things couldn't change here, but looking at the Knicks now uh, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier. Kemba, obviously not what he was. Fournier. Not something. I mean, depends Fournier's, on your opinion of Fournier. I'm not Super like, high
0: on him myself. He's good. Like, he's a starting shooting guard. Um, maybe
1: that's something that's, you know, kind of comparable. There you um, go. I like that. Again, that's a. That's another one they're in the mix with. Man. Your
0: mileage may vary, yeah.
1: And, then, yeah, it depends on what you get from Kemba. Um, the Magic. So And who is going to start for them? Is it going to be Mark again?
0: I feel like it has to be Gary Harris. Is it Gary Harris? Is yeah. Is it it's like a, and Gary
1: Harris? You're bringing f- yeah. Markel, RJ, well, um, you know, I feel, and Cole Anthony off the bench? I, I feel like,
0: yeah, I feel like Cole Anthony's best off the bench anyway. I feel like, um, I mean, Markel Fultz going to be injured to start to begin with. And RJ Hampton at this point, I don't think he's starting to. So I feel like, yeah, just off of, I mean, yeah, he's expiring contract and everything. But I think just because of like stature and who's like best equipped to, to play the two, it's the guy who has been starting, you know, for Denver for the last couple of years already. And now would be Gary Harris. So I kind of think right, that well, it kind of sorts stuff out that way.
1: I'm going to take the Cavs over that one. Um, you know what? I think Thugs, I might do. So it's obviously too. interesting, but I'm going to take the Cavs over that one. I think I might too. Um, 76ers. I have no idea. Uh, that's ben a Simmons fun one. No Seth clue. Because like, if it's Ben and that's Simmons if ben and Seth, Simmons Seth Curry, that's around. better. But like, that's if Ben Simmons sticks around. If it's you know, Shake Milton there, um, <laughs> probably take the Cavs. But yeah, we don't know, so okay. we'll to say be determined. TBD. There we go. Uh, for the Raptors, is it? Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent? I would think it would be. And I would.
0: Oh, That's a good one. No, it's not. I'm going to go. With, I'm going to go to Toronto. It's a steady. It's not exciting. Um, But like Gary Trent Jr. Shown some stuff. I mean, most recently. And then if you look at Fred Van Vliet, like he's been a very, I don't want to say like a lead guard, but he's been a very solid guard.
1: And that leaves us with Washington, which is Beal. Beal and player number two. What, you don't believe Dinwiddie's player two? Oh, wait, shoot, it is Dinwiddie. I kind of forgot about Dinwiddie. Oh, I don't mean okay. disrespect Dinwiddie like well,
0: that. Disrespect Yeah, Dinwiddie
1: no, signed man. with, yeah, well, you know. It is what Hunter it is. Spencer, yeah, um, but yeah, okay, so that's another clear win for Washington. So. Yeah. So, a
0: middle of the pack? Where do where they leave them? Like, it's putting them all probably together. near
1: the bottom. And wow. again, like, both these guys could take a leap, and they could vault their way up. And it's not to say that that can't happen. But without, you know, I think it's there are a lot of safer choices in the East as far as backcourts.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. You're right. Even banking on what the upside of what Cleveland can be. There's a lot of others that you could be like, you know what? Like, I'm going to roll with this squad and, and feel well. And that's, good about it.
1: And here's the thing, Corbin. That is the story of the East this year is that every team is good except for Orlando and like Detroit. And I guess you can just include Cleveland in that bunch, too. Mm-hmm. Every team is going for it. Yeah, right now ain't the playing game. Chicago got better. Yes, it uh, is. Toronto, I think, is just a better team that is in a better situation. This team in this year. Um, <laughs> New- York stayed the Pacers, bad. And they had a strong year. The Pacers can get healthy. York healthier. stayed strong. And they got Rick Carlisle. Um, the Pacers got some upside yeah, for that. The Pacers are going to hopefully be healthy. The Charlottes are hopefully going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Char- Did I say the Charlottes? The Hornets. You said the Charlottes, but I understood. What you know referring you Rename to. them to the Charlottes. There we go. I love Charlotte Charlottes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like, uh, there's just a lot of good players. And the Cavs are setting themselves well up for the future, but they're just not there right now.
0: That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, wow. That, I mean, that, that doesn't look right now. we I guess that kind of goes to my last question related to the Cavs, which is and we've kind of talked about it every question before at this point. But how do you feel about the Cavs moving forward and, and what is their outlook next year? I mean, we kind of already said they're going to be like one of the worst teams next year. So I guess I'm going to amend this question a little bit. and, and well, ask you. Huh?
1: unless they sign Denzel Valentine and then there'll be a real. Oh, my there. Lord, this guy. <laughs>
0: the great closer Denzel Valentine look up Denzel Valentine like closing minutes on YouTube (laughs) y'all oh you want to get a laugh definitely make sure to do that but um
1: give us Garrison Matthews and then we're really talking there you
0: go Garrison Matthews man him and Russell Westbrook had the all-time clutch connection uh last year for Washington (laughs) but I digress um amending the question I was going to ask uh, about Cleveland's outlook we kind of already know what are you looking for in terms of internal development slash improvement for this Cleveland Cavs roster next season like, that we can look back on this season, next year, this time next year, and say, you know what? I was really hoping Cleveland would improve in X, Y, and Z, and I'm happy to say they did that. Or they didn't.
1: Um, Markkinen shoots the ball well. Mobley looks, you know, and continues to do everything that we know he can do. Um, even if it's just marginal improvements from Garland and Sexton, as long as they still look like they're on the right path. Uh, maybe one of them takes a big leap. That's great. Allen, you know, I don't know how much growth there is for Allen. But again, if it's just marginally better, uh, just kind of small steps for, you know, this whole group of, you know, young guys that they have. Um, I think I feel fine about the future. They're moving in the right direction still. Um, Again, they're not built for this year, they're built for a couple of years from now. Um, They're not moving as fast as some people would like, but I think that's okay.
0: I like that. Okay. All right. I get that. I mean, it's a solid optimistic look at honestly where the Cavs are, not a great team, probably not going to be a great team. And again, mm
1: -hmm. if you think this team is going to suck next year, you're just saying they get another top lottery pick.
0: That's true. And And that's only going to be better. They're adding
1: another lottery pick to this team.
0: That's true. So, That's true. Uh, I guess, um, well, I guess it's going to be a good time to kind of end that on that. Right. I'm going to end on that one right now. Um, Thank you. I think
1: I think the things that need the the answer for the Cavs Mm -hmm. is you won't let me have a
0: good finish. Clean. You won't have me a good finish, right? You got to help me with these.
1: (laughs) Well, what I was going to say is the thing the Cavs (laughs) need right now is Paolo Banchero. Give us all the power forwards. Draft Paolo Banchero and give us a lineup of. Give us a lineup of Evan Mobley at point guard, um, Lari Markkinen at the two, Paolo Banchero at the three. Or no, we'll say Dean Wade at the three, Paulo Banchero at the four, and Jared Allen at the five. Mm. <laughs> wow. I think that's the team of the future. Wow.
0: Okay. And this is for 2023? Yes. All right. Listen, we Point got... Point Mobley
1: our, is going to be a thing.
0: Point Mobile is a thing. We got a 2023 team with Mr. Paulo at the helm. Uh, we're going to be safe to assume that Kevin Long is going to be healthy, no longer on this roster. That uh, the Cavs will also move on from Con Sexton and, and the Darius garden will average 23 and nine. That's what we kind of come away with, with this pod, right? Yeah. I, I'm with it. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm with it. Let's do it. It's done. <laughs> well, listen, man, we got to
1: do the all time team though. Right.
0: I was about to say, thank you for helping me talk about the Cavs because I appreciate having that off season um, look at them and where they're going. I'm looking forward to doing the next year. And now we close out with the last question that I usually have started to ask all first time guests, but I came up with that initiative after I had you on for like, you know, 67 times. So now I get to ask you, Justin Matcham, what is your top five favorite players? And when I say that, obviously, I don't mean like, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, unless, of course, those are your top five. I just mean the top five guys you like watching that you're always root for, like they're your favorite players. And I'm just going to give you mine. I give every, you know, first time guest mine. But it's Russell Westbrook, Terry Rozier, Monte Ellis, Latrell Sprewell. And be easy, Michael Beasley. Uh, so i just going to show you that, it, it, you know, they're going to get buckets. Um, are we going to win some games? No, hypothetically, you know, probably not. But this isn't a hypothetical, you know, championship. This isn't an all-time tournament. It's your all-time favorite players. It's your, uh, your hoop vibe squad. That's what I call it. So let's get your hoop vibe squad,
1: Justin. All right. Well, okay. So I originally made this list and I had about 20 guys. <laughs> of course. Um, and it was know. really, really hard for me to narrow them down. So, yeah. Um, I decided, again, not to go with LeBron and Kyrie because I just feel like they're too obvious. Um,
0: you could have, but okay, I respect Like, you. I
1: don't want to go with super simple Cleveland answers, so I didn't include those two, and I didn't include any current Cavaliers. God, like, Mark um, Price on there. Uh-huh. I don't have Mark Price on here. I have all except for one of my top five are current players, um, and one actually just became a coach, and it's not Jared Dudley. So <laughs> I'm sorry to LeBron, Kyrie, Nikola Jokic, Fred Van Vliet, Chetty Osman, JaVale McGee, not Jetty Osman, <laughs> Josh Okie, Monte Morris, David Nwaba. I can now say Larry Nance Jr., Justice Winslow, Rashawn Holmes, and Justin Turner for not being able to include them. But um
0: I'll pour a drink out for him later.
1: Yeah. Are you ready for my, my top five?
0: Let's talk about the ones who made the cut. Let's get it.
1: Okay, so I kind of did it as like a lineup. So okay. my point guard is Troy Brown Jr. Whoa, funky off the top. All right, I, I respect it a little. My two guard is Norm Powell.
0: Okay. Okay. My
1: small forward is Kyle Korver.
0: Wow. Okay, Cleveland Cavaliers, Kyle Korver, or before that? All-star. All of, over. all of it. All of it. All right. There we are. The whole experience.
1: Kyle Anderson.
0: Slow-mo in the building too. What, oh, okay. That's your four. That's your four. All right. All right. All right.
1: And Rondé House Jefferson.
0: Wow. All right. Run this that back fire. to me. Rapid fire. Let, let's just get, wow. That is, I'm trying to let's just get that team again.
1: And those are in order of like favorite to least favorite. Like those are just like, I I don't want to pick between them. So they're just in a lineup.
0: Okay. That's fair.
1: how they would, how they would be positionally. Tell to so us again. Troy Brown, Jr. Mm-hmm. Norman Powell, Kyle Corver, Kyle Anderson, Rhonda Hallis, Jefferson. There's my five. That is a squad. That is a
0: squad. All right, I I usually get somewhat of like an archetype of a player that people like based off their top five. I'm not getting anything of the sort from yours. So, kind of describe to me kind of why you like these players.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Troy Brown. Um, I've always liked him. I it drove me nuts that he didn't play for Washington, but I just like the. And I kind of, you know, he's in the mold of like the Justice Winslow too. Is like the the small forward who should probably be playing point guard because he mm. does all those things well. I can't shoot, um, and I and can't really shoot that well. But I, you know, I just I love the skill set that he brings at the size. Um, kind of the same thing with Kyle Anderson. Not the exact same. Kyle Anderson is just so much fun to watch. Yeah, um, and improved as so a shooter too. Anyone who has watched me play basketball in real life uh, knows that I am not fast at all. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've watched a lot of Kyle Anderson to see how the heck he gets around guys. Um, not saying I'm Kyle Anderson, but I, the head scratching, um, nice, you know, like the touch that he has and just the head scratching ability to get by guys at literally a snail's pace Mm -hmm. is always fun to watch. Um, Norm Powell, just an explosive player that can fill it up. Um, underrated for a long time obviously i think he's gotten you know more of the respect that he deserves the past couple years but before that um just someone who i thought was really underrated that you know a, a fun guy to watch in transition uh can really fill it up and it was inconsistent over the years but when he was on really fun to watch kyle korver probably my all-time favorite um that hawks team was one of the teams that really got me into basketball i would say um and wow. kyle korver was a bigger reason for that okay. the the Jeff Teague, Kyle Korver, um, like Damari Carroll, Paul Millsap, Al Horford Hawks. Um, one of my favorite teams. But – and then Rondé Hollis Jefferson, just, again, a funky player. All these um, guys. I yeah. guess all these guys are kind of funky players. Yeah. Maybe Al yeah. Powell is the most regular. Yeah. But, again, just a guy who's – just offers so many different things. And, yes, he can't shoot, but – um. You know, just strong as an ox, um, kind of just plays. I think Zach Lowe once described it as like a bull in a china shop when he gets in the game, where he just kind of comes in and just creates a mess. Okay. Um, and whether that's good or bad, it, it's a mess, and it's it is. It always just entertaining is. to watch. It is oh, okay. This
0: is a very, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm glad. I'm very actually glad that I didn't ask you about your uh, top five players before this show uh, tonight because um, I had absolutely no idea. And this is very interesting and giving me a lot of thought in terms of the type of players you liked. It never occurred to me. And all my Russell Westbrook um, espousing of his virtues and all my Terry Rozier love and everything, like it never occurred to me. Wow, you know, what is Justin's favorite players? I always thought they'd be like the 12th men of teams long ago, you know? (laughs) <laughs> you know i have here the 1997 um washington bullets uh 11th man he played 42 games and then went down to the d league and is playing now in lithuania <laughs> so that's what i always imagine you guys would be so that is good okay well I, I i thank you doubly i thank you one for your time and helping me with this show here uh talking all things calves i thank you for giving me the most interesting um top five i've gotten in the six times i've done this and i've gotten some really uh fun ones for sure but um Thank you. Thank you. I will just say,
1: I will say, like, the omissions that I had to make were very difficult. Like, obviously LeBron and Kyrie, not easy. Jokic, like, another favorite. Fred Van Vliet, Ish Smith, JaVale McGee, Josh Okoge, like the guys that I didn't name, like mm-hmm. Justice Winzel, like I love all of them.
0: No, and listen, so, you don't have to you don't have to apologize to them. They understand that they would have been on that <laughs> squad. I think I think they understand that they would have been on that squad for certain because let me, let's face it those are really good guys um and you have a really good team but you just wanted to go funky with it um if you had to make a big convention you would have them as a bench I'm I know you would and that's all they need to know. That's right. That's all they need to know. Justin man it's been a blast. Thank you for coming on bro
1: thank you as always for having me on. Hey of I course m- glad that we were able to get a couple in here it'd been a little while so you know glad we're both back safe from summer league and just glad things are going well. Dude, same thing. And get ready because we're bringing back the fun trade Friday. So,
0: um, you know, slide some time. Uh, we gotta we gotta get that going.
1: I mean, I hope you're ready for it.
0: Oh, dude, uh, I'm ready for it. (laughs) I'm rejuvenated. I am ready to break down some fun trades. Having done SBC, um, I made some really fun trades. Oh, did I tell you? Okay, so we had the Oklahoma City Thunder, and we were going to trade Lou Dort. We only guy that was like relatively untouchable for us was Shea gildas Alexander. And we were gonna right. trade Lou Dort. We made him available. We were offered, I think, a first couple of like a first rounder and Andrew Wiggins. We're like, nah, we're good on that. And then we were offered And then they
1: come out of nowhere with Kuminga, right?
0: Um, you know what's funny? Almost. It didn't quite happen that way. So it started off that came up. That it was funny how that worked out. The first guy we were offered um after that war after that um initial Warriors pick. We, they offered it. We said, no, thank you. The Knicks came and offered Emmanuel quickly. And we're like, ooh, that's what I, exactly, okay, that, that might be nice. Let's sit on that. While we did, um, the Celtics offered Aaron Niesmith. And we had a Boston guy on our team who was really high on him. And I'm like, you know what? He he, he didn't really, I, I want to say he talked me into it, but he just mentioned. It. And I started them like, you know what? I like Niesmith. Okay, that'd be, that'd be good. That'd be good. So we started thinking about that too. But we apparently thought too long because it turned out the Knicks and Celtics traded the players that we were interested in with each other. So for oh, nice. <laughs> <so> quickly. <laughs> so then we were like stuck. Wait,
1: Neesmith for quickly?
0: Yep. What is that? Uh, that was a fun trade, sir.
1: <laughs> that, sure, it's fun.
0: <laughs> that was a fun trade, sports business classroom edition. Trust me, they had a. They had a <laughs> it was interesting hearing the explanation for that. But anyway, they had that happen. I mean, this is the same during this trade, dude. You saw the one that Carlton Anthony Towns got traded to the
1: Kings. Carl Anthony Towns got traded to who?
0: Did I tell you Carlton Towns got to traded to the Kings? No, you did not. For every young player that they have. That means Davion Mitchell. <laughs> that means Tyrese Halliburton. That means two first round picks. Dude, yes. Was De'Aaron Fox still there? De'Aaron Fox, I think. No, I think he was gone too. Uh, <laughs> I have to look and see. It was such a fun it was such a fun trade. Like,
1: hold on, hold on. So does Minnesota now have maybe they made corresponding moves, but D'Angelo Russell. De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Blake Beasley, and Davion Mitchell.
0: Something like that, yeah. They went. You know what? In fact, while I have you here, this is gonna be great radio, but honestly, I don't even care. I actually have the list of trades that were done. Um, and it was it was just simply glorious. But here we go. Okay, so let's let's talk about these. So just some of the the, the finer trades that were done that I have to share here. Um, <laughs> the Warriors uh, received um Pascal Siakam. Uh, Freddie Gillespie, um, in exchange Gillespie. for Gillespie, 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 right?
1: Gillespie,
0: I said it wrong. A second, every time I say it differently, every other time, Gillespie, thank you. Um, in exchange for James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, a 2022 first round pick, a 2025 first round pick that's top 14 protected, and some future picks as well. That was one wow. trade, right? All right, another one
1: that's a lot for Pascal. I'm that
0: kidding. is here we go. Okay, so no, it well, okay, so the Kings received Carl Anthony Towns and Jalen Noel. In exchange for Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, a 2022 first round pick, a 2024 first round pick, a 2026 first round pick that's top 10 protected, and a 2028 first round pick swap with Sacramento.
1: I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is good.
0: Yeah, that, that, <laughs> there you go. That, that, that was the move. Um, and then as far as other moves that Minnesota made, I wanna say, oh, they, they, uh, Traded Jake Layman and Juan Hernan Gomez for Montrezl That's
1: certainly a move.
0: That that is certainly a move. As if well, it's
1: nothing else. It is a trade.
0: They, they, dude, there you go. And then do they have one more trade? Uh, no, nope, that was it. So that was the fun there. And then we like traded Kevin Love, and oh, Portland had a monster move. So let me read this real quick. This is the fun trade. Should say this for the next episode.
1: What bigger than signing Tony Snell?
0: Bigger than signing Tony Snell, the Trailblazers wow. received. Ben Simmons, okay, so the Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, Peyton Pritchard, oh, Marcus oh. Smart, and a 2026 first round pick from Boston, top four protected. The 76ers received CJ McCullum, Aaron Nesmith. This is after the King, they've got him back after the Celtics and Knicks had their trade with the man, you know. Oh, by the way, the 76ers, um, okay, so let me get finished this real quick. After the trade between the Celtics and Knicks, the Knicks then Traded for Aaron Nesmith from the 76ers um, for Emmanuel quickly. So the 76ers got Emmanuel quickly. But going back to this, exactly. Um, So the 76ers got quickly, or they got, yeah, um, McCollum, Robert Williams, and Romeo Langford. And then the Celtics got Tyrese Maxey, Robert Covington, Damian Lillard, a 2022 first round pick, top 14 protected, and a 2022 first round pick swap with Portland.
1: That, my head is spinning.
0: <laughs> yes, I honestly I should have say that for the other pod, but I had to slap it on the end here because that was just to me madness. Like, like wow, that was that is. It was a lot of fun, but that that, that is what we have more to look forward to in the coming weeks as we get back to fun trade Friday, my dude.
1: Exactly. Right. I would have been the Milwaukee Bucks, just like trading with trading for like Trey Burke with my trade exception. So, dude,
0: I exactly you would you. If, <laughs>
1: That's it's actually a, what I did. I did a mock off season this off season, and uh, I literally just traded for Trey Burke as wow. Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, I'm trying. Next time, time uh, yeah, that that sounded fun. I'm not gonna lie; like it was kind of deep in the weeds, but I love that stuff, man. A lot of fun there. I, yeah. I was I was happy to have kind of looked back on that. Yeah, but that, that's you. That's you playing in the margins. You know, that's that, you. That's you. Do. There you go. This has been Justin Matcham. Follow him on Twitter at Justin Match 26. Find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out HoopBall again, hoop-ball.com on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. I have a really fun show coming up in the future. I'm interviewing um, an author of a book all about the Knicks from the 90s. It is not Chris Herring, uh, but it is very, very good. I cannot wait to dive into first the interview and then my own personal book review. We're going to do some more book reviews, some deep dives. We're in the off-season, baby. It is that time. Continue to expect off-season reviews, but... We are just having fun here on Round Ball Ramble. And with that, y'all, for Justin, for myself, we frosty. Y'all stay frosty. And I'll talk to y'all real soon. All right, y'all.